Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortallaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome into our number two of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It is Friday. It is September 29th. That means it's Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's not your normal meat market. Craft beer, wine, spirits, and amazing treats for your four-legged friends. See them this weekend, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler, vonhansen'smeats.net. The weekend specials for you, Von Hansen's very own sirloin hearts at two for $15.00. Pork butt roast at $3.99 a pound, an all-natural boneless, skinless breast, plain only at $7.99 a pound. We'll have the $100 gift certificate available a little bit later on in the hour. In addition to that, if you are today's winner, make sure you come prepared with your weekend bet. We're tossing $5 on it. We're collectively rooting for it and hoping to have some money for charity at season's end. We're also looking to go 5-0, so a lot of pressure on for this. This particular slate of action. Let's recap quickly the poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. What happened Saturday in Santa Clara ATS? Cardinals plus 14 leads the way at 67% of the vote. 49ers minus 14 at 33%. I'll just save my maybe good stuff until we get to the poll question at the bottom of the hour. That works. That's when we'll answer it. Still plenty of time for you to cast your vote. Over on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060, it's a contest we're actually airing here on KDOS AM 1060, Sunday morning pregame 930, kick at 10. Dolphins and Bills, what happens? Dolphins leading the way at plus three, 75% of the vote. Bills minus three at 25%. Okay, I'll give you my guess at this at the bottom of the hour when we answer the poll question. Very good. Let's continue on with some of the NFL games here uh, as we're continuing Friday spread before we make room for Brian Blewis from Pro Football Network around 1115 to chat NFL props with us. We have to dive into the Raiders and the Chargers. Uh, The Raiders plus six, Chargers minus six, over under sitting at 47 and a half. Obviously, there's a couple of different things here injury wise to pay attention to. Jimmy Garoppolo and his particular status, if he's still uh, at least Last I saw, he's still in the concussion protocol. I have seen now suddenly a clamoring for Aiden O'Connell to get the start ahead of Brian Hoyer. Uh, Some other numbers. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, I think that would actually be a good idea because, you know, God bless Brian Hoyer. He was a really nice guy when he was here, but why not give O'Connell a shot here if he's, uh, if, if, if obviously Jimmy G's out. And I'll just add one other quick thing about Jimmy G. No player this year in the NFL that's been concussed in a game has actually played the week after. Uh, when it comes to Justin Herbert, he's completing 74% of his passes against a really suspect defense and secondary for the Raiders. So you'd have to think that that 74% is also just going to continue to improve. I know that he's not going to have Mike Williams. Keenan Allen uh, also won't have Austin Eckler. Look like he's still going to be out for some time. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, he's actually been limited in practice, I believe is the term, but I just saw Stepania Bell on ESPN talking about how he's not being able to really cut and whatever. They have a bye after this week. They would be foolish, but this is the Chargers. So it's not like they're the smartest organization on the planet. Uh, they prove that every week as, as long as they Brandon Staley's the head coach, that they can't be that smart to keep him as their head coach. But anyway, if they were going to do the smart thing, he would sit out this week, then he has another week, and that would be basically a month, roughly, from the time that he suffered the injury until the time that they would play in, after this week another game. The Patriots and the Cowboys. The Patriots plus six and a half. Cowboys minus six and a half. This opened up at seven, and a lot of people hopped on board with the seven number on the Patriots side of things, bringing it down to six and a half. Over under sitting at 43 and a half. This is interesting. Mac Jones ranks 32nd in EPA per dropback with minus 0.45 against man coverage. So obviously, the Cowboys, I, I know that they have situation now with their cornerbacks and Banks is getting the start in place of uh, Trevon Diggs because of the ACL injury Diggs suffered but they certainly have the capability to play a lot of man if they want to. Uh, the next question here is how do the Cowboys respond after losing uh, and losing in the fashion that they did to the Cardinals? Well the biggest question is is Tyron Smith, Taylor Biotish and uh, Zach Martin play? Uh, you know three really good offensive linemen not their three best offensive linemen because they've got, when they're healthy, they've got five good offensive linemen. Uh, so we'll see if those guys play. I think that's the biggest deal for them. They won nine in a row straight up at home. Mac Jones on the other side of things. Uh, in the last 10 games that the Patriots have been an underdog, that he's been the starting quarterback, they are 0-10 against the point spread in those games. I'm also curious here, I'm seeing a lot of this in the national media that Bill signed Will Greer and Will Greer knows all the plays and he knows all the hand signals and Brian Schottenheimer has come out and said that they're going to change everything, so don't worry. Uh, that you also have the Zeke factor too in a re Zeke re revenge game. But the thing that's interesting more so about like not necessarily Zeke's specific revenge, it's more the susceptibility of the Cowboys at times rushing uh, with run, run defense. We yep. saw that with the Cardinals. So I'm wondering if there's some opportunities there for Zeke and Ramadre Stevenson. Well, I don't know about Stevenson. He's on my fantasy team, and I've benched him for this week, so he'll have a good game. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, Zeke, 4.4 uh, yeah, yards per carry might be a little misleading uh, because he's been in uh, since, you know, they have a terrible offensive line so far based on this year's performance in New England. But he's been okay, but he's also been in the field in some of the you know, passing downs when you know, it's not a base defense and they don't have a bunch of dudes at the line of scrimmage, etc. So that 4.4 might be a little mis uh, misleading. But we'll see how this goes. And you know, Zeke actually did a conference call with the Dallas media this week, which is a little unusual for a visiting player. Uh, but this is obviously an unusual circumstance. And Jerry Jones said this morning, I don't know where, because Jerry Jones, he, Jerry's talking like right now to probably somebody on the media because he that's what he does. Uh, but he uh, said sometime to somebody this morning that uh, they're uh, thinking about the Zeke and the uh, Ring of Honor in Dallas in the, the stadium there, whatever they call that now. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, that's uh, you know, I don't think they're going to do that this week, but uh, they mentioned that. So we'll see what's going on with that. Uh, one other quick thing here. 
Uh, it'd be interesting to see if Mike Parsons shows up for this game because he certainly didn't show up against the Cardinals last week. But hold on a second. Zeke's going in the ring of honor, but Jimmy Johnson can't get in? That's true. Well, you know, you know Zeke didn't piss. You know, maybe, you know, I guess that Zeke didn't piss off Jerry Jones, even though he didn't re-sign him. So there's the deal there. There so, we go. Uh, Zeke also told, you know, he gave a heads up like a week ahead of time to Dak Prescott that he was going to be released. And obviously, if you watched Hard Knocks a couple years ago, those two guys are legitimately best friends. And it's not some made up best friend thing in the media. Those guys, they, they like spend every second of the together all the time. So good for them. And uh, we'll see how that goes this weekend. The Chiefs and the Jets rounding out Sunday night football. Chiefs minus eight and a half, Jets plus eight and a half, over under sitting at 41 and a half. Zach Wilson here, 3.22 seconds to throw. That is the worst in the league. Is it legitimate? Is it real in the NFL that there could be locker room divide over Zach Wilson and the continued support from Robert Sala for Zach Wilson? Uh, I think there is a legitimate, uh, I would think there is people in the locker room that are wondering if Robert Sala can be a head coach in the NFL because I've been wondering this for two years. I think, he's, uh, there, I think there's uh, some early evidence, and we're getting past the early evidence part of this. We're getting back to, I think, uh, to the, I think we're reaching the point of substantial evidence that this guy was a really good defensive coordinator on a tremendous defense in San Francisco, and he can't coach at all as a head coach in the NFL. I'm getting to that point. Uh, this Trevor Simeon crap that I've heard the last couple days, he's not any better than Zach Wilson. He may not even be better than Tim Boyle, uh, who is the backup quarterback. Uh, so I would assume if there's any locker room dissension, it's uh, wondering whether the head coach is capable. Um, this is also interesting. If you haven't had enough of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, there are what are called Kelsey specials on the FanDuel Sportsbook app that are all kind of related to, um, <laughs> I, I guess, little song titles or lyrics or something or other pertaining to uh, Taylor Swift. Like this one prop here is called Friend Zone, and it's playing off of end zone, but with the friend zone. So Kelsey to not score a touchdown is plus 105. It's terrible. Uh, just okay. terrible. The opening act, because of Taylor Swift and opening act, uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, first touchdown scorer, so, plus 400. So I don't know any of this stuff because I don't know one, one song that she sings. I don't know any of them. Um, so Yeah, I, no I, I can't I help no you there. <laughs> they're they're oh, usually yeah. sad because she's heartbroken. I think that's how that goes. Okay, well, hopefully she's not heartbroken by Travis Kelsey. Brian Blues of Pro Football Network is set to join us on the other side of the break. We dive into NFL props next. Your morning drive just got a little better. The Dan Patrick Show is live weekday morning starting at 6 exclusively on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's time to get into our NFL prop bet discussion for week four. We're joined by Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network. Follow all of the work over at PFNbetting.com or on Twitter at PFNbets. Brian, it's Bob and Kayla with you once again. How are you? I'm good. How are you? 
We're doing fantastic. Looking forward to another weekend of uh, NFL football action here. This is how I typically roll. I start with the local team. And, and Brian, I know we've talked about the 49ers in, a, in the past, and that's who the Cardinals are facing this Sunday, and how difficult it is to try to figure out what's going to happen with a 49ers team just because there's a plethora of different options for them to beat you, uh, and you never know kind of who's going to have that standout game. But one thing does seem to separate itself a little bit and that's Christian McCaffrey how good he's been uh he has been averaging 117 yards per game on defense uh for the Cardinals they are ranked 26th in run defense and rush yards allowed his number currently is 78 and a half yards is that possibly something to look into for Christian McCaffrey and flipping this on over to Josh Dobbs he's around 183 and a half yards passing he cleared this mark last week how do we like over or under for Dobbs with passing in this 49ers defense? Yeah, I mean, every week we've been waiting for the Cardinals to get blown out and to be down early, given the expectations that we have for them going this season. And that hasn't been the case yet. So conventional wisdom would say being 14-point underdogs and playing from behind early in this one, you go for the over for Dobbs. But they've had a halftime lead in every game so far this season. But this might be the – and that kind of change eventually. And going against 49ers team that had 10 days of rest on Thursday night football last week, this could be that week where they could see themselves down early after that big win last week. Uh, you mentioned McCaffrey. He's gone over that number every week so far this season. That seems pretty obvious to take that over there. He's offered a touchdown every week so far this season as well. And his anytime touchdown odds are – Minus 300. I don't think I've ever never seen touchdown odds that hot, that low, we should say, too. So I'll yeah. really want to lay the boost at minus 300 because once you do, that's fine. It'll be the week where he doesn't score that touchdown, and you're paying a lot of juice there. But that could be good when I'm throwing same game parlay if interested in this one because he gets, he's gotten the end zone, I believe, 11 or 12 games in a row on the nine. Minus 300 is an insane number, for sure. Yeah. All right, Miami Miami and Buffalo, this this might be an insane number, too. They have a highest total of the week. I don't think that's any a surprise to anybody. Uh, any value on the high side in prop bets, or do we dare bet anything under with these two offenses? Yeah, there's really going to be no value betting against the overs at this point because Everybody is going to be looking, is going to expect a high scoring game this one after the Dolphins scored 70 points last week and how good the Bills offense is. But the, and it sounds gross, but the only value here is going to be on under. So, I mean, if there's any type of defense that could stop this Dolphins team, it's a division rival that played them twice last season. We saw the Patriots kind of hold the road against the Dolphins offense. And this Bills defense is one of the best in the NFL so far. Granted, they played against Zach Wilson week one, Jimmy Garoppolo week two. And then Sam Howell last week is a different beast than sort of this Dolphins team. But there's really no value betting over a team coming off a 70-point win. So if you're looking for value, I'm afraid it's going to have to be on the under. Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com. Follow uh, their work over on Twitter at pfnbets as well as you're here in the Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060. Over in London, it's a home game for the Jaguars. They desperately need a win to get back on track with the expectations they have had in the AFC South. The Jags' offensive line has not been good. On the flip side of that, Jacksonville statistically has been holding teams to 84, 84 yards rushing the ball per game. So how do we see the these opportunities for Trevor Lawrence, and how do we see the rushing attack for the Falcons? Yeah, um, the Jaguars have really struggled to um, 
score, they get their best opportunity so far this season, especially the last two weeks. They've only scored a touchdown on 20% of their red zone possessions after not scoring a single touchdown against the Chiefs two weeks ago, then only scoring two last week against the Texans, who was pretty much a blowout. So eventually, it's all potential to get back on draft. They're just too talented with Trevor Lawrence and his set of playmakers. And one problem I'm eyeing for this one is Calvin Bridges to score a touchdown. He's going against the former team in the Falcons. It's always nice to bet those guys score a touchdown in those revenge games. And so far this season, he's seventh, I believe, in red zone and target share in the red zone, despite only one touchdown. We've seen a lot of these different highlights of him coming up just shy of getting his two feet in and scoring a touchdown in these games. So it's got to regret the bench that I think this is the weekend. In terms of what the Falcons rushing offense against the Jaguars rush defense, it's just like maybe the one strength of this team outside of Trevor Lawrence in that passing game. Last week, DJ Robbins only had 10 carries against uh, the Lions in their blowout. I mean, not blowout loss, too. They lost by double digits. And they were trailing the entire game when the Lions first got on the board late in the first quarter. So his rushing attempts prop right now is at 14 and a half. And he's only gone over that, over that number once this season. So if you like the Jaguars to win this one, that's an easy under my opinion. Josh Palmer has been ahead of uh, rookie Quentin Johnson since really day one of Chargers training camp and should be the primary Mike Williams replacement. If I know that, I'm sure the odds makers know that. I'm curious, anything out there that might be a good pro, uh, Palmer overprop? Yeah, I mean, you said it that. Anything that we know, the odds makers also know, and I don't think they're naive to the fact that Palmer's in a lot more snaps than uh Quentin Johnson has, who's looked a bit raw so far. I mean, the Chargers looks like they might not be with that Austin Eckler again. If they don't have him, they are extremely pass-heavy. I believe they're throwing the ball the most when Eckler's not on the lineup. So, Herbert's got to throw to somebody. He's the old Keenan Allen. So, if you do like Palmer to go over, I'll probably experiment more with taking some of his alternate line to get some better value than he did the big day. He is either going way over 45-and-a-half or he's going under it. I don't think there's any in between. Brian Blue is Pro Football Network. Follow his work, pfnbetting.com, and on Twitter, at pfnbets, here on KDUS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. The Steelers' run defense has been pretty bad, giving up 151.7 yards per game. Houston, on their rushing attack, has been pretty subpar. They've been reliant heavily on C.J. Stroud and his arm. Is this finally the week that Houston is able to feed Damian Pierce? He's able to get over 47.5 yards with that Steelers' run defense. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers' run defense, as you said, has taken a hit, and that's been due to the injury to Cam Hayward, which is pretty rare to see a Steelers team struggle to defend the run. I mean, we all know historically is usually having dominant front seven. But Dave Pierce really has just been pretty inefficient so far this season. But I do think at this point, the Texans might want to lean a little bit more on their run game because they have a lot of injuries on the offensive line going against T.J. Watt and the Steelers' pass rush. So if there is a lead for Damian Pierce, this is one of them. I mean, they're still home underdogs, but the short spread, and I just don't see their passing game as much success this week as they had they had last week. Okay, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show about Zeke's revenge game in Dallas. That's against a Dallas defense that couldn't stop the Cardinals' run game last week. So Zeke anytime touchdown is that a good prop this week? Yeah, I mean, why not? Right? I mean, it, it, it seems obvious that these teams really want to be their guys in these revenge spots, especially to get in the end zone. And his anytime touchdown prop is plus 230. And Stevenson has, Mondra Stevenson, been one of the most disappointing field position guys so far this season. He was probably 
the best part of his Patriots offense going to the season, but he's only averaging 2.9 yards per carry. He's only gotten a red zone. It got into the end zone one time. So I do like that here. He knows the Cowboys still. He knows it'll want to get into the end zone. So that's definitely a play I'll be looking for in this spot. Uh, what about uh, rushing yards there as well, just in general, and then flipping this on over to the Cowboys' offensive side of things? The the Patriots' defense has been pretty stout, and we touched on it a little bit and how they've been able to limit uh, what we saw with the Dolphins and their explosiveness. So when you factor in this with Dak trying to get back on track, maybe with a C.D. Lamb, is this a potential under situation? Potentially. I mean, I think it really depends on the offensive line injuries for the Cowboys. It looks like Tyron Smith's going to be out. They're getting back with Zach Martin. They're starting center this week. Can't pronounce his name. I'm not even going to try. So, um, if, there, if you, you believe in the Cowboys on a bounce-back spot, even though the Patriots defense is really good, they just see a bounce-back that game after they had a lot of red zone struggles last week and he had that terrible interception in the end zone. But C.D. Lamb might get uh, shadowed by Patriots cornerback Christian Gonzalez, who's been exceptional so far as a rookie. He's pretty much shut down A.J. Brown on week one. has really held his peers in check since then, too. But going back to the rushing props for a second, Zeke almost had as many carries as Stevenson last week. He had 28 for the season and 16 that came last week. So they just found out things to come. That's been more of a timeshare than it was earlier in the season because Stevenson has been so effective so far. Continue with the revenge angle here. Jameis Winston, likely the Saints starting quarterback in revenge spot against a, a Buccaneers secondary that might be missing their top two corners. Am I wondering, uh, am I wrong, basically, wondering, even thinking about uh, if anything involving the Saints passing game is a good, good idea or not at this point? Because it's been inconsistent at best, I think it's safe to say. It's inconsistent, that's for sure. But if any quarterback who's not afraid to sling it as far downfield, it's Jameis Winston. And he has a pretty good set of playmakers around him. So I'm going to get Buccaneers pass defense, like you said, has some injuries on that side of the ball. But rather, if you want to play a little safer than Jameis, why don't you go? Why not for some while they over? It's at 71 and a half right now. And he's averaging 100 yards of seeding for the season. And he's doing that despite not having that, like, crazy big game so far. He just is extremely consistently good. And he is capable of not just being like heavy involved in the offense. He makes big plays downfield too. Another one for him is that he's yet to score a touchdown this season on 32 targets. So he's bound to get the end zone eventually. So that wouldn't be a bad play in this spot against this uh, Buccaneers pass defense coming on a short week. The Vikings are at the Panthers, this wonderful 0-3 contest. Despite being 0-3, though, the connection with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson continues to work. However, his number just keeps climbing, 102.5 yards for Jefferson. There are some injuries to the Panthers' secondary, so is there a potential pivot that you like there? I know you liked the pivot to Addison last week, and that was a winner. I also do think here that the game changes on the Panthers' side of things. When Bryce Young is the starter, it looks like he's set to go so no Andy Dalton and that kind of changes my opinion about going back to Adam Thielen over 52 and a half yards yeah I'm with you there I mean obviously long term you would prefer Bryce Young over Andy Dalton and this like his struggle to see the no indictment on his long term prospects but point blank right now Dalton is a much better quarterback It's just hard to trust anybody in the Panthers on uh, offense right now. I mean, I, feel, I didn't take any props last week, but I started to see 
I'm going to stay away from any pain. Hey, Brian, it looks like we're having a bit of a challenging connection here with you. So uh, let me uh, see if we can reconnect here and get you for the last couple of minutes of the segment to uh, round out the props here. So we'll do that here shortly. Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com and PFN Bets on Twitter. When it comes okay. to... Kayla, Kayla, while you're doing that, yeah. let me I can talk a little bit here and give you a chance to see if you can reconnect with Brian. Yeah, the one thing I was going to ask him specifically about the Ravens and the Browns total, which has actually moved down all week, and it's in part because of the Watson situation limited in practice on Wednesday and then Thursday, and then listed as questionable officially uh, by the Browns this morning for this game. I don't know if that's quite official yet or if that's one of the reports from the insiders, but he's questionable, it appears. Uh, for the game, and I was going to ask even before the questionable status that's out there, at least in the the insider version of things, whether anything going under, whether anything going under that game might be a good idea. So, Brian, let me just uh, quickly: you got the Deshaun Watson questionable status. How's that alter what you might have been thinking about this Ravens and Browns game? Yeah, for the Ravens, hard for me to want to take any of their overs going against this Browns defense. That's like We talked about how good its offensive looked offensively. The Browns have looked equally as good defensively so far. They've given up only 21 first downs so far this season. The next best team has given up 41 first downs, which is a crazy difference to the least. And I believe they've only given up one offensive touchdown so far, which was that 71-yard pass play to um, George Pickens on Monday Night Football. And the Ravens are pretty banged up on the offensive line, and Looks like they still love their growing pain to just this new offense in the top bucket. So it's hard for me to kind of want to take any of the Ravens player props here. And as for the Browns, you said that you said it that Watson had his best game as a Brown last week. But how much of that was real? How much of that was going against the Titans pass defense, one of the worst in the NFL? I'm not so sure. And especially against an AFC North rival, it's not a bet I'm willing to take one way or the other just yet. Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network, joining us here, pfnbetting.com and at pfnbets. Uh, neither Bob and I are Swifties, Brian. I don't know if you are. Um, <laughs> but the Chiefs and the Jets are are playing each other for Sunday Night Football. We know Patrick Mahomes' favorite target is Travis Kelsey. He's back, looks healthy, 71 and a half yards. Is doable for him, but it's a lot. So what about a pivot here to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 21 and a half yards, uh, something like that? You know, it's funny you say that, and as soon as I heard that Taylor Swift was going to be at the game or was at the game, I liked that Kelsey at any time touchdown at even odds that all games was waiting for him to hit it. It looked like a blowout, and they weren't going to – and then they were going to take him out of the game. And then sure enough, in the last possession, I believe, for the Chiefs starting offense, they made sure to get the ball to Kelsey in the end zone. Then Mahomes admitted after the game in his post-game interview that they were trying to get Kelsey a touchdown. Yeah. So I felt very good about that bet and felt very vindicated. Not only that it won, that they were going to force-feed it, it was Taylor Swift in attendance. But it's really – you said it with the 49ers. That's really hard to know which guy to back to have that good day outside of McCaffrey. That's how I feel the Chiefs receivers. You just never know week to week. It's so much a gamble for me. And I don't think that Kelsey prop is – too high. I think the Jets defense is still getting a little overrated because of uh, the perception going into the season, how good they looked last season, but they're only 21st in success rate so far this season. That basically measures their efficiency in stopping the opposing team on down to down. So, I wouldn't be afraid to go with the Kelsey over here, but uh, Taylor Swift's attendance on prime time. 
Okay, one one more quick thing, and just for the record, I don't think I've ever been called swift mentally or physically in any shape or form, uh, so let's get that out there. Uh, one quick curious, uh, curious question here. The overseas games start this week, and the, the, as far as the totals go, they actually have a history of going under. Uh, is there any kind of meaningful prop bet history in these games in foreign countries? Not that I know of, but you did say that a lot of times they go under the total. So if you believe that's going to be the case here, then you might want to have some props to correlate with that. But um, especially the Jaguars have struggled in the red zone so far this season. But I think they're due for a bounce back. But I'm not sure there's any props that come to mind that correlate any of the historical trends in the London game. Brian, before we let you go here, we've touched on a lot of different games, but is there any angles you like, anytime touchdown scores, yards, throwing, receiving, rushing that you really like this week that we haven't talked about? Yeah, one of the player props I locked in first for the week is uh, the under for Brian Robinson rushing yards against the Eagles. I just, the Eagles, if they had one weakness last year, it was stopping the run, and that got exposed against the, in their loss to the Commanders last season, which is Jalen Hurts' only loss to the regular season since, 2000, since 2021. But they didn't have Jordan Davis in that game, and now Jordan Davis getting a lot more snaps. Their rush defense is a whole lot better than it was last season. And Rob, and if this game plays like I think it will, the Eagles being an eight-and-a-half-point favorite so, then the game's just going to favor them as well. And in, in turn, they're not going to be running the ball as much as Brian Robinson. I mean, they, I think the Eagles are coming out making sure that the Reds, that the command is just they don't believe the clock like they did last season. That's how they won the game, keep their offense off the field. And so with that, with that in mind, I'd be under for Brian Robinson. Brian, as always, we appreciate the time. A little extended conversation with you today as well. And we look forward to doing it all again next week. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good one. You too. Once again, he is Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network. Follow the work, pfnbetting.com, as well as on Twitter, at pfnbets. Uh, it's time now, though, for the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's not your normal meat market. Craft beer, wine, spirits, and amazing treats for your four-legged friends. The $100 gift certificate for Caller 3, 602-260-1060. Caller 3, you're the winner of the $100 gift certificate. Located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. As the winner, make sure you come with the weekend bet. We put $5 on it, and we're hoping to go to 5 and O this weekend, but over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, the weekend specials for you. Von Hansen's very own sirloin hearts at two for fifteen dollars. Pork butt roast at three ninety nine a pound, and all natural boneless, skinless breasts, plain only at seven dollars and ninety nine cents a pound. That's over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. 602-260-1060. Caller three is the winner of the one hundred dollar gift certificate. We'll get into poll questions on the other side of the break. It is the extra point on this Friday, September 29th. The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. This is just uh, something I like to call breakfast. With big-name guests, timely sports information, and more on KTUS AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. 
Congratulations to our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Once again, the weekend specials. Von Hansen's own sirloin hearts, two for $15. Pork butt roast, $3.99 a pound. An all-natural boneless, skinless breast, plain only, at $7.99 a pound. And I know how I always talk about how we have... We're coming together as a community to collectively root for this bet. We're going for 5-0. and oh. <laughs> And now I have a problem because it's Cowboys minus 6.5, and, and everyone knows that I enjoy rooting for the Patriots. So uh, I'm in a bit of a predicament here, Bob. Not enjoying them as much this year as you have in the past. That's a fair point. Uh, I will sorry. say, though. I'm, I'm just speaking, speaking for everybody on that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's fair. It's fine. I'll rub it right in. But uh, anyway, so that's the bet here as we're looking to go five and oh, Cowboys minus six and a half. Now let's get into the poll question portion of the program. Bob did have a conversation, a great one as always, with Matt Mayoko, NBC Sports Bay, Bay Area, talking all things 49ers. And if you missed it, you can podcast it over at kdos1060.com. The question here, what happens Sunday in Santa Clara ATS, Cardinals plus 14 or 49ers minus 14? Okay, um, I've gone against the Cardinals all three weeks in this question. That's obviously not worked out well. <laughs> I've only bet one of those. That was the first week against Washington, and I have no interest in betting in this one. So just for the purpose of the question, what the hell, I'll take the plus 14. I do want to add a couple of quick things about the Cardinals because, uh, yeah, I've spent you know, the better part of you know, pretty much all of the last nine months or whatever uh, trashing the Cardinals. James Conner through three weeks is now tied for the league lead in most missed tackles. Uh, forced missed tackles, excuse me, key word there is forced. And also, Paris Johnson, who was awful that first game at Washington, has been pretty good the last couple of games against the Giants and the Cowboys, so I wanted to make sure I pointed that out. Uh, in addition, the Cardinals, uh, to repeat from the, uh, from the, uh, the uh, sports zone today, they spent a lot of the last 10 days adding defensive linemen and linebackers because they've had a whole lot of injuries in both those spots. One other quick thing about San Francisco, which I did not cover with Matt, they have trailed for a grand total of two minutes in the fourth quarter with Brock Purdy as a starting quarterback. That's in two seasons now. The end of last year and the start of this year, they've been behind in the fourth quarter for two minutes. Uh, so it's funny you mentioned James Conner. He met the media yesterday, and uh, the, a lot of things caught my attention for what he had to say. But one of the things, interestingly, is a, and it's kind of buying into Jonathan Gannon's philosophy here. We talk a lot about momentum, and we more or less talk about momentum. I would say most of our conversations have been uh, from game to game versus uh, the narrative of momentum from year to year when there's multiple different different players coming and going, etc. But it's interesting what Jonathan Gannon believes about momentum within a game. And James Conner was asked about that uh, in yesterday's press conference. And he says, so do you, the question is, do you not believe in momentum? And he says here, it's about execution. Big plays will happen. Explosive plays will happen. But we can go around and execute right after they execute. Okay, so where mm -hmm. is momentum right now? So I bought right in to it, meaning bought into the message of Jonathan Gannon there. It's just about who is executing currently. That's really all momentum is. I agree with that. I mean, I've never big, big, uh, been a big momentum guy, 
I mean, if you're a good team, you're going to be a good team from week to week. And if you're not, you're probably going to be a bad team or mediocre or inconsistent from week to week. But this, I've never, no matter what the sport, I've never really even thought about momentum when I'm handicapping or betting or anything like that. Uh, you know, I'm sure there may be some examples, of, you know, exceptions to the example there. But usually I don't even factor that in and don't really care. John, one more thing about James Conner. He's seeing eight-plus in the box, according to next-gen stats, 33.33% of the time. He is gaining rush yards over expected per attempt, 0.79. He's also averaging 2.91 seconds behind the line of scrimmage. He has 266 rushing yards and two touchdowns so far on the season. Uh, when it comes to injury report updates here, uh, Jonathan Ledbetter has already been ruled out by Jonathan Gannon, who met the media this this morning Marquise Brown popped up on the injury report yesterday with a thumb injury limited Jonathan Gannon said they would see how he is today uh, reports are that he was working out in the open portion of practice this morning Keontae Ingram popped up on the injury report yesterday with a neck injury limited uh, they, again that was see how he's going to be and it looks like he was not present in the open portion of practice so we'll wait for the final designations there when it comes to the Cardinals, real, real quick on real quick on Ingram, uh, is he their third running back now? I think he. You can make a case that he's become their third running back. It, yeah, I, I think so. Amari DiMercato is certainly getting a lot of looks. Um, yeah. The other thing that's interesting to me is I'm not quite certain if it's just been um, the like that moment of lack of execution for Keontae Ingram, or if it's Keontae Ingram not really finding the holes. Like, what's the reason for it? Seemingly, like the the plays for Ingram don't go as well as the plays for the other two running backs. Or he wasn't drafted by this group. That could be it as well. Speaking of the run game, but we'll flip it to the Cardinals' defensive side of the ball. They're ranked 22nd, or 20, uh, 26th excuse me, in giving up 134.7 rush yards per game. Christian McCaffrey, I think he should be MVP, even though I know MVP awards only go to quarterbacks. 60 carries, 353 yards, 117 yards per game. Brock Purdy keeps it clean. San Francisco obviously has more depth, more speed. I think is the best team in the NFL right now. Uh, I know that they have some injury concerns that they'll be monitoring, and Matt Mayoko pointed those out in that particular interview. But like you, Bob, I have gone against them every time so far, and it hasn't worked out well. So let's go Cardinals plus 14. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, the masses, though, are on also on the Cardinals plus 14 side of things at 64% of the vote. 49ers minus 14 at 36%. That is KDOS1060.com's poll question. Flipping this on over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060. What happens Sunday in Buffalo? Dolphins plus three or Bills minus three? There was one important injury that I did see from earlier, and it was about uh, safety uh, for Jordan the Bills. Poyer. Correct, Jordan yep. Poyer. He has been ruled uh, out for the contest, so that is certainly concerning there for uh, the Buffalo Bills was they're trying to slow down this Miami Dolphins team. It's incredible when we talk about speed. So according to Next Gen Stats, the first five – fastest plays so far in the NFL all come from players that are on the Dolphins roster. You have 
uh, Devon H. Achan, 21.93 miles per hour. Tyreek Hill, 21.66 miles per hour. Raheem Mostert, 21.62 miles per hour. Tyreek again at 21.52 miles per hour. Devon Achan once again at 21.5 miles per hour. We just know there's speed everywhere, so it's going to be a big test for this Bills defense that I do think is actually performing better than I thought they would to start the season. Since 2020, the Bills are 25-6 and six at home. I think, uh, you know, you had the really bad game from Josh Allen week one. He has since been better taking care of the football. There might be something there. Finding a run game with James Cook as well. The Dolphins, uh, they get the ball out quickly. They're also doing a little bit better in pass block, block protection. They're in 12th in pass, pass block win rate. And two is getting the ball out quick at 2.34 seconds. Uh, I am actually... This has nothing to do with winning by 70 points. I think the Dolphins are a pretty solid team here. I'm going to go plus three. I'm on the other side. I'm just going to take Buffalo at home. The best thing for Miami is this game's on October the 1st and not in the winter, uh, where the, you know, needless to say, there's not been a good thing. 76 degrees. Yeah, two is zero and three at Buffalo in his career, but at least two of those games have been in the winter. Uh, so uh, not this time. Unless there's some kind of uh, you know cold front that really moves in quickly, so we'll see what's up with that. Uh, I think the biggest thing for Miami is their running game has been much better this year. They are first in rushing. I know it's only three games, so I usually don't put much into this, but I do like to compare this today. They're first in the league in rushing yards per game. They were 25th last year. As far as that uh, Buffalo defense that you mentioned last week against Washington albeit against Washington, five takeaways, nine sacks, 15 quarterback hits, and 70% of quarterback uh, dropbacks for Sam Howe last week resulted in pressure. And uh, in, you know they took advantage of Sam Howe holding the ball too, but still. And they lead the NFL in takeaways, Buffalo, through three weeks of the season. I would prefer a three and a half. Can we get that? Well, I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. Uh, don't, not now. I mean – I know. You know, the, uh, you know, I don't think there was ever three and a half. No, right? there, so, never, but, there never was. Well, there are many two and a halves worldwide if you want to lay two and a half with Buffalo. Uh, the masses are on Dolphins plus three at 75% of the vote. Bills minus three at 25%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. We wrap up this edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. I will quickly mention this because it is ongoing here. And no, I did not stay awake to watch it. The Ryder Cup. I woke up to find out that Europe was up 4-0 from the early morning matches with Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns. In the morning, it was the alternate shot portion of things, losing 4-3 and three to John Rahm and Tyrrell Hatton. Max Homa and Brian Harmon losing 4-3 and three to Victor Hovland and uh, Ludwig Adberg. Fowler and Morikawa teaming up, losing to Straka and Lowry and Cantley and Shoffley, losing two and one to McElroy and Fleetwood. And things changed on an absolute dime in the last hour of the afternoon matches. And now it's Europe six and a half, USA one and a half. It's going to be a tough task tomorrow. Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com.
Wrapping up this Friday, September 29th edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, as he tried to say. Special thanks to callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, plural, uh, Cardinals 49ers preview with Matt Bayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. Also, our weekly uh, you know, prop bets update with Brian Blewis from Pro Football Network. On Monday at 9.15 in the Sports Zone, we will preview the MLB postseason. Hopefully, we'll know who's in the postseason because the Marlins may actually be playing right about that time on Monday morning, our time. Uh, but uh, we'll preview the playoffs, what we know at that time. Also, sound of the day, courtesy of Fox, KPIX, ESPN, CBS, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime Video, Major League uh, Baseball, Fox Sports, and also Pac-12 Networks. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. Up next, from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6. Saturday, NAU football is taking on Sacramento State. That's a pregame at 5, kick at 6, Mick Stroman on the call. Sunday, it's Dolphins at Bills, pregame 9.30, kick at 10 a.m here on KDOS AM 1060. The Diamondbacks, they fell to the White Sox yesterday, 3-1. to one, Didn't clinch a playoff berth. Uh, they're starting a three-game series against the Astros, and it's going to be Zach Gallen tonight up against J.P. France. Yeah, on the Astros, uh, you know, the, the events, the su- surprising events to me at least in uh, Seattle last night with the Mariners rallying to win that game in the bottom of the ninth in walk-off fashion. Yeah, the Astros now even more need to win these games. They're not even in the playoffs yet. Uh, So they need to win. uh, I don't know what the exact magic number for them is. Depends on what happens with Seattle and Texas uh, in uh, in Seattle the next three days. But uh, the Astros, uh, there's urgency there. And uh, Verlander is scheduled to pitch tomorrow. They will not get Framber Valdez in this series unless they use Valdez in a relief mode in Sunday's game. So it's all coming down to the D-backs, Marlins. The Cubs are a half game back. The Reds are one and a half games back. The Reds face the Cardinals this weekend. The Marlins face the Pirates. The Cubs face the Brewers. Then to the point of your American League contest, the Blue Jays, the Astros, and the Mariners. The Rays are at the Blue Jays. Uh, Then you have the Rangers at the Mariners. And, of course, the Astros are here against the Diamondbacks. The Cardinals are playing the 49ers Sunday, 1.25 p.m. on Fox. ASU's at Cal on Saturday, 12 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. UW is at U of A Saturday, 7 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you on Monday.